What is up, everybody? Welcome to a very special edition of the DFS MVP podcast, a showdown Super Bowl edition. I'm your host, TJ Hernandez, the director of DFS at 444.com with our showdown guru, Matt Savoka. What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing great. 23 weeks up, 23 weeks down. Here we go. Uh, Super Bowl is looking fantastic. I mean, a lot of narratives here, a lot of ways this game could go. Excited to break it down. And uh, yeah, uh, a showdown version of the DFS MVP. Very excited for it. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't dabble in showdown much, so I'm going to uh, just kind of let Matt lead the way on this and, and tell us how we could crush this uh, this slate. Um, if you have been on the 444 website, you know we have a ton of betting content up already. The betting dudes have been crushing it. Uh, Connor Allen has a great Super Bowl uh, breakdown, very, very detailed. And Matt has his showdown breakdown uh, up as well, which goes into detail of showdown analysis. But we're going to cover that here as well. And uh, if you haven't signed up for the DFS subscription, you want to get access to that showdown article. It's only $6.99. Only one slate left, but get in there, click around, see how you like the site. Uh, get you warmed up for uh, next season, and and best ball's already rocking. So I mean, we, we'll we're not going to take too much time off this off season, but uh, yes, let let's get right into it, Matt. Uh, 49ers are the visiting team, obviously neutral site for the Super Bowl, but uh, 49ers are technically the visitors, favored by two twenty four point seven five point projection for the Niners. Chiefs as underdogs twenty two point seven five with a game total of forty seven and a half. Uh, let's talk about um, just kind of a, a macro view of these offenses. Very different offenses. Um, obviously, Brock Purdy's been uh, hyper-efficient this year. Offense mm-hmm. runs through CMC, but they have uh, a plethora of weapons over there. KC a little different, obviously. Uh, not very deep. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, worst season of his career. Still uh, pretty damn good. Uh, everything runs through Kelsey Pacheco, and obviously Rishi Rice has been ascending. But uh, let's talk about the macro real quick. What do you see from these two teams um, in terms of the pace of these offenses? I think we could see very varied approaches is the Mm. short answer here. And that goes into why there's a huge range of outcomes for this game overall. For those of you who aren't subscribed over at 444.com, I take a very systematic data science-based approach, but then I also explore narratives uh, before we get into my projection for uh, the ownership and rostership for DraftKings and FanDuel for every single island game. So what I want to do for you guys in showdown slates is make sure that we kind of start out and then zoom in. So one of these ways that I do that is I start with the projected game environment. And just looking at this from from the wide angle, it's actually kind of tough. We know where both teams want to go, but with the way that they spread out the ball, really both teams here, this, this slate runs 10 deep in terms of the number of actual players who could legitimately end up being the top scoring overall player and the optimal captain play. That makes it kind of exciting if you're a multi-lineup GPP guy, but if you're looking for who's obviously the right answer, yeah, sure, there's one running back who I can think of is the most obvious, but really there's 10 players who, when we you know, look at the range of outcomes here, it's easy to see how they got to the optimal score. Now, if I look at these two teams, Patrick Mahomes has obviously had a hard season by his standards. This team still throws at one of the highest passing rates in neutral game scripts, one of the fastest teams in neutral game scripts. It just hasn't led to the type of production and efficiency that we're used to. In fact, they're under 2.0 
touchdowns per game on offense over the last month and over the course of the season here. Meanwhile, San Francisco around the slowest team in the NFL in neutral game scripts and passing at a rate basically like uh, they're right around the Tennessee Titans this year yeah. in neutral game scripts in uh, in terms of pass rate and still their top three in offensive touchdowns per game. Their quarterback is top three in fantasy points per drop back, despite not having really any rushing upside to speak of. The efficiency level has been off the charts, and we'll get into the quarterbacks and how they've played this season. But overall, these teams look like uh, they look like two teams who one is still actually trying to find its identity with Patrick Mahomes just kind of getting them there, and the other that has found the strongest identity in the league offensively. Yeah, even um, not not even from a showdown perspective, like when we're just trying to analyze games, like if, if this would have been a like a, a top game to stack in DFS or something like that in, in a full slate. Um, these are always really fun uh, fun games for me, I think, because uh, as you mentioned, you you chart out these you chart out the uh, the team passing uh, rates and the team's pace, and we see KC up in the top right corner, everything's going down the bottom left corner. Yeah. <laughs> got those that much of a contrast i think it's really fun because like you said it really does open up range of outcomes and uh let you be i I think a little more comfortable with doing some contrarian things just because things um things can go so differently um before we get into those specific uh quarterback matchups that you mentioned do you see anything from either o-line or d-line that stands out as a strength or a weakness for either of these teams Yeah, obviously, Kansas City not having full strength on the offensive line is a breaking point we have seen before. And who can forget the Tampa Bay-San Francisco Super Bowl where Patrick Mahomes was running for his life? I don't think that's a great comparison here. I think this offensive line is in better shape. And I think Mahomes and this offense is built around quick passing around the inside much better than that team. But ultimately, both of these teams, actually, if they had one shared weakness, it would be their overall offensive line. They have some Mm -hmm. strong players, but they don't have a strong unit. And one thing we do see with offensive line, it tends to be a a weak link system, meaning that if you get to a certain breaking point or have one bad player that is exploitable by the Nick Bosa's of the world, that's when things can run into trouble. Now, do I think that's the most likely outcome here? No, I, I think the Kansas City offense is going to be able to be to to operate but uh, as i go down narrative street in the beginning here i do think sort of like that uh that rams patriots super bowl from just a few years ago whereas two offenses who were very capable but neither showed up is definitely in that range of outcomes for the floor of this game yeah and that's interesting too because obviously if um if there are some some pass protection issues on both sides things can slow down because uh if you look at something like schedule just fancy points the weaknesses on the defenses are actually against running backs so i mean we we, we'll get into this later but um we could see a lot of running back usage in this game i think but uh again we'll we'll uh dive into that once we get into the actual uh, breakdown of the players that we're liking let's talk about uh the quarterback specifically before we get there because in all of your showdown articles you do a very deep detailed uh quarterback analysis and let's start with Brock Purdy because I mean obviously his, his efficiency metrics are through the roof um you know but he as the uh you know it's Super Bowl so everyone's talking about uh, everything gets a lot of heat uh you know people want to want to say that uh you know he's a system quarterback and all that but from a DFS perspective what do we see from him and, and what he produces for us honestly he just had the better season compared to the other quarterback and i know patrick mahomes is the biggest name in the sport the biggest name at the position and he can win games on his own no one has to tell you that but purdy had an incredibly efficient season and 
you know, media hoopla and the MVP voting aside, since that just came out and there's all these narratives being spun, the guy was number one in EPA per game. In the true drive success rate metric, the metric that I created for 4 for 4 that basically looks at your ability to turn a drive into a touchdown adjusted for sample size so that we can look at it starting at the beginning of the season, top five in the NFL. He fell off from a completion percentage over expected standpoint, but there are a couple of reasons we could kind of explain that away. Some tough matchups, some injuries. Still, we're talking about well above average in the three main efficiency advanced metrics that we look for in quarterback play. And it's resulted in production. The top offensive touchdowns per game, top three in passing touchdowns per game, and yet we know Mahomes on a one-game sample yeah. can outscore the man because that's just what he's able to do. We just yeah. uh, it, It's hard to bet against the guy on the other side, but just looking at the season overall, and even the last month, I, I looked at just December and on, Purdy still has the better efficiency metrics. Prize Picks is North America's largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform and one of the most exciting ways to play DFS. And best of all, Prize Picks is simple. Just choose between two to six players and pick more or less than their Prize Pick stat projection. It's that easy. Quick withdrawals, an enormous selection of players, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. But it doesn't stop there. Prize Picks even offers in game projections. Imagine gathering at the house, watching football with your friends, and building an entry to cheer for together with more A.J. Brown receiving yards or less Jordan Love passing yards. Now it's possible. Just go to prizepicks.com slash DFSNVP and use the promo code DFSNVP to match your first deposit up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I mean, you mentioned in the article, Mahomes hasn't scored 20 fantasy points since week 12. Um, he went through that really rough stretch, uh, like a, a six-week stretch leading up to week 14. Uh, we saw him get it going a little bit against the Bills, and they ran, you know, they played arguably the best defense in the league uh, la- uh, last week or, or you know, last uh, last round in the Ravens. But uh, what have you seen from Mahomes since that week 14? Um, you know, that bounced back a little bit, um, obviously a lot more dink and dunk than we're used to from him. Um, everything pretty much goes through Kelsey and Rashi rise, but I mean, what stands out as a way for him to succeed in this spot? Well, it's really the balance of the offense. Mm-hmm. The fact that Isaiah Pacheco has been such a reliable force really in the passing game and in the rushing game. We've seen him with yeah. uh, two games already in the playoffs with 24 rushing attempts. And, and, you know, we're talking about a player who could get 30 opportunities here in this game. And it's not like Mahomes was terrible in these sure. advanced metrics that we look at. Yes, he was down towards league average in EPA per game, towards league average completion percentage over expected. But Mahomes' job is to try to score touchdowns. And there were some game script reasons for why you could say things went wrong. <clears throat> Kadarius Tony, but Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is still in the top 12 in true drive success rate. Yeah. There are still plenty of metrics like true passer rating and true QBR that indicate that at any moment there's that 2020 2021 type explosion i do think that the offense scoring three touchdowns is a kind of low probability outcome now that's weird to say because we know in a one game sample it can happen but i'd you know if i had to put a 
a number on it's probably like less than 20%, maybe less than 25% that this team scores three offensive touchdowns, which is weird to say. They can win scoring, you know, 20, 22, 25 points. Yeah, Niners, uh, fourth in pass defense, DVOA, and seventh in uh, schedule just fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. So um, on paper, the matchup already tough for uh, offense, as you mentioned, um, hasn't been up to the Chiefs' standards that we're used to. Uh, in your article, after you break down the quarterbacks, you go through the core plays and auxiliary plays. Again, not necessarily making picks, just going through their usage. Start on the 49ers side. I mean, we know it's, you know, CMC, uh, you know, he's going to get as much work as he can handle, not going to come off the field. Like, it's going to be surprising if another running back even gets a touch uh what do we what do we see from him uh, again obviously he's going to get a ton of usage but how mm-hmm. do we think he gets used in this game is it a lot of running is it heavy passing game um or or do we think they're going to lean a little bit more on uh their pass catching weapons i kind of feel like this could be game over if they can just hand the ball off to mccaffrey mm-hmm. and the bottom seven run defense of the kansas city chiefs who by the way, have played very, very well of late, can't cover McCaffrey because that's a possibility here. And if he's getting five yards of pop, five, six yards every time he touches the ball, that's it. They're just going to bleed the clock. Mahomes is going to have to play hero ball in in a way that he has been unable to with this version of the Chiefs offense. And that's the reason we see McCaffrey well above everyone in terms of projection and in terms of opportunity value, which we measure in, by expected fantasy points, and we look at a three-game sample for all of these players. Yeah. He's in a tier of his own, unsurprisingly. And if you want to look at the San Francisco offense overall, I think this is a great offense to be playing showdown DFS because yeah. so much of the offensive production goes to those top five players. Yeah. And we'll get to the auxiliary options in a minute, but there's basically no auxiliary options that I feel comfortable with on San Francisco because so much production is in that top five. So obviously McCaffrey is the best one, but after that, just bunch up as many as your roster can afford. Yeah, we uh, if you look at the four for four for four projections, we have Debo and <clears throat> Brandon Ayuk projected almost identical right now. Uh, George Kittle is pretty close. Uh, the um, the matchup. Uh, is kind of good all around. Ayuk has a little higher uh, weighted opportunity rating. It just always like it, it feels like we're throwing darts. We're trying to pick between these three pass catchers. Is there anything usage wise that has stood out over the last few weeks uh, with Ayuk, Samuel, and Kittle? You know, Kittle is still that player who continuously outplays his projection. Mm-hmm. But in terms of Kansas City's defense, they're number three in schedule adjusted fantasy points against wide receivers and number 15 against tight end. So they're not bad, but it's enough where kind of, it might change my opinion because if you look at all teams this season and uh, the schedule adjusted fantasy points page goes to the end of the regular season, understandably. So Kansas city is third best when you add up wide receivers and tight ends. So the really the only weakness I'm seeing is over the middle but again we're bearing the lead because they were 26th against running backs and they're playing christian mccaffrey yeah if that works for san francisco you're playing the who scores a touchdown game with these three for sure i i I definitely like kittle on paper of the three but if you told me the other two had great games not surprised the one area that kansas city has most improved this season by far is in that secondary they can blitz and they can keep teams from getting huge yak plays. I just saw a, a great uh, article, I believe it was on NFL.com, using next-gen stats. 
the Chiefs are the only defense that has negative yards after catch over expected, basically yards after catch less than expected while blitzing, which is an impressive thing to do since there's less people in the secondary. If they come blitz blitz heavy um, on Sunday, do you see, uh, does that stand out as a Debo game to you? It does. I I think, as I said in the article, that they're going to manufacture touches for Debo Mm -hmm. Samuel. I think it's a near lock that he gets 10 touches. Yeah. If that means he needs jet sweeps or he needs, you know, plays where he's just in the backfield, they'll find a way to get him the ball. And obviously, the checkdown options for Brock Purdy are the most insane checkdown options we've ever seen on a football field together. <laughs> so I, I hate to go down narrative street with Kyle Shanahan again, but don't overthink this. If the team blitzes, get the ball to Kittle, get yeah. the ball to Christian McCaffrey or, you know misdirect with plays like use check and i mentioned him as a as a player who actually could be on the field a lot and is a good dart throw as well in the article obviously that's an auxiliary piece they just have so many ways to be you if i had to go with one it's still uh kittle after mccaffrey um i there's not much to speak of 49ers auxiliary options i mean everyone else like we could legit see you know no one else get more than one touch um Juwan jennings gets used to block a ton there's been a lot of talk this playoffs about how great of a blocker he has been uh elijah mitchell um you know he got that uh he he, he did luck into a touchdown uh in the playoffs but i mean it's just hard to imagine anyone uh, uh doing much work for the niners is have you seen anything in the uh expected fantasy point or the usage metrics that suggest that uh one of these guys could be a contrarian hero no i I mentioned use chick uh i do think that if you're playing super super large field dfs Mm -hmm. just because it's one game this this game gets so much attention the, the tournaments get to be so big and you sometimes need to be that contrarian a player like elijah mitchell starts to make sense but not because we expect the game to go in that direction, but because unexpected things happen on a football field. And we know the reasons why Elijah Mitchell suddenly ends up with 20 touches. Do I want to see that version of the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. But if you want to talk about ceiling potential 1% uh, outcomes, that's definitely in there. Ray Ray McLeod is more of a, a special teams player. And honestly, his usage has been shrinking. I, I really mentioned Juszczyk because this team seems like they may have to go with some heavier personnel to counter the blitzing of the Kansas City Chiefs. And if they do that, Juszczyk ends up on the field a little bit more. Kittle seems more involved. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the way I'm going. Again, all of these players are underneath, in terms of projection, the Kansas City Chiefs auxiliary players we're yet to mention. Yeah, 471,000 entries in the DraftKings Millionaire. I mean, it's going to be such a, like, the, 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 uh, how hard it is to not be duped is going to be crazy. I mean, obviously, you'd never hope for an injury. You never, like, want to root for an injury. Like, Elijah Mitchell just makes sense. Like, if CMC gets hurt, like, it's Elijah Mitchell. If one of the pass catchers get hurt, like, the other two just pick up the slack. Um, if CMC goes down or misses a couple drives, Elijah Mitchell could obviously um, be a big difference maker. Uh, on the Chiefs, a um, little more concentrated. They only really have three guys that they're uh, giving the ball too much, Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco, um, and Travis Kelsey. Uh, what have you seen from the usage specifically between uh, Kelsey and Rasheed Rice? Because as you mentioned, Isaiah Pacheco has been getting a, a lot of work in the past game too. But uh, the splits with yeah. Kelsey and Rice and how their target shares look this playoff run. Yeah, so Kelsey's been the 
the player who's been incredibly productive, but if you look at opportunity value, where they're getting the ball in the field, when they're getting it, the air yards, the amount of targets, it's actually Rishi Rice who has almost five expected fantasy points per game more than Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. It kind of speaks to, you know, if we're still doing the breakout receiver model as we do during the regular season at four for four, we might be looking at Rishi Rice as a possible breakout player here. Again, not the f- most fantastic matchup, top five in DVOA San Francisco's defense is but you know you're looking at schedule adjusted fantasy points this team in San Francisco actually doesn't look as impressive as I thought they would Mm -hmm. again adding up wide receivers and tight ends team is 19th in schedule adjusted fantasy Mm -hmm. points Uh, I was kind of shocked now one thing that they do well is they tend to limit the fantasy scoring of the quarterback they were seventh best against the quarterback position and that's kind of a weird discrepancy only a couple teams had that discrepancy this year uh off the top of my head i believe it was like new england uh the giants as well Mm -hmm. Uh, uh teams that tend to have the possibility of one or two massive games and i ultimately think that's what happens here i think two of Pacheco, Rice, and Kelsey end up getting close to their ceiling performance, and I'm trying to get them. And honestly, looking at it right now, I'm kind of deprioritizing Mahomes. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if <clears throat> is it just because is, is it salary based that you're deprioritizing him, or is it just um, that, that you don't think that he's going to necessarily go off with, you know, three guys uh, uh, with him? I'll say this flat out. If you want to play any of these top 10 options at your, at, as your captain, Go for it in yeah. any type of turn in any type of tournament. Anyone from McCaffrey down to Kittle is viable. Sure. But yeah, it comes down to the salary. If I'm going to go up there, I, I just want to get the guaranteed opportunity value that I'm getting with the running backs. And of course, it, it could happen. I just said the ceiling game for Mahomes absolutely happens here. Could, could happen here. But for me, I'd rather take the security and safety of the guaranteed touches of Pacheco or McCaffrey, who each could see 30 total opportunities in this game, if I'm going to pay up in that salary. Um, if Pacheco isn't do, doesn't reach that 30 touch range, or if you know Kelsey or Rice uh, don't have a, as big a games uh, as we think, uh, what have you seen from the secondary options in the Chiefs' offense? And, and they got a lot of them. Like they, these are guys that definitely can hit. Unlike the 49ers, just watching Justin Watson, Michael um, Harmon's playing time has been uh, going up a bit. Uh, MVS can always get a deep one. I, any of these guys pop to you right now? I'm just thinking of the the four for four discord because uh, every single game we're in there and obviously the Chiefs are in these island games a lot. So we're mm-hmm. talking about these auxiliary weapons all season long. And there's a couple of our very active users who are just despising <laughs> these Chiefs showdown slates because yeah. it is it's it's honestly very tough. You've got Watson, Hardman, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Noah Gray, who both obviously in backup roles could be highly involved in these Andy Reid Super Bowl trickery moments we know could happen. And then Richie James, I think I mentioned him a couple times in the article. I think he could actually be a difference maker out mm-hmm. of the slot. Obviously he used he's used more in special teams. We have him sixth of six in these auxiliary weapons in terms of our projections. But he's actually one that I kind of like, especially if the team is limiting Nicole Hardman. Hardman is still the one, if you look at a three-game sample, has the highest expected fantasy points per game. But I still think there's a huge amount of variability here. Uh, Long story short, I don't trust it. Watson actually has the higher projection 
on four for four this week. Uh, have we seen anything? Is there any shot McKinnon plays this week? I do. I do think yeah. he's going to be active. Um, Oof, that could throw a wrench in it. Uh, I think there's a possibility that Sky Moore, Jarek McKinnon, and Kadarius Tony are all active. If I had to take a chance with one of them, mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm saying this on the last <laughs> the last show of the year. Like I'm gonna have to live with this like all off season possibly, but. I think Kadarius Tony is a fine dark wow. play if he plays. I mean, again, four hundred seventy-one thousand people in the middle. You got to do something wild. And, and we have seen moments where he was open and available, but for various reasons did not execute. Yeah, which means sure. that there was there was manufactured opportunity for him when he played. And I, uh, it's fun to go down narrative street from other Super Bowls as I've already done earlier in the show, but. You remember the Percy Harvin Super Bowl where he didn't play essentially all year for uh, the Russell Wilson-led Seahawks, and he was a huge difference maker in that win against the uh, the Broncos. I believe that was uh, here in New York City uh, yep. like a decade ago. Oh, but uh, So it's a possibility. They're all low probability, but yeah, uh, sure. adding to the fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to save you some salary too. What's Kadarius Tony at on uh, on DK? He's yeah, I mean, twenty one hundred for a captain mm-hmm. position. Uh, I mean, what's that ten? Uh, uh, yeah, twenty one hundred. I, I don't think you're playing him a captain, but uh, fourteen hundred uh, salary. Like, I mean, why not? Um, before we get into the specific plays and builds and salary and ownership, uh, I want to remind everybody about prize picks prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy go to pricepicks.com slash dfs mvp use code dfs mvp for a first deposit match up to 100 we have a four player pick today that would 10x your money uh you talked about kyle uh juice check uh less than three and a half receiving yards uh patrick mahomes more than 0.5 interceptions christian mccaffrey more than 90.5 rushing yards isaiah pacheco more than 68 and a half rushing yards. As we said, we like the rushing offenses in this game. That four-player pick'em will 10x your money if and when it hits. Don't forget to go to prizepicks.com slash DFS MVP. Use code DFS MVP for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's get into the actual showdown analysis of this. We talked through uh, the, the player and matchup breakdowns. Um, let's start with the captain plays. You made a list of, of the obvious captain plays, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, both quarterbacks, Isaiah Pacheco on the other side. Um, you know, those are guys that are always going to be in the mix, the, the primary running backs, especially on offenses like this, and the primary uh, quarterbacks. Obviously going to be quite expensive for those guys as well. Uh, McCaffrey up at 18K. Uh, for Captain Mahomes, 15-9, Purdy at 15K, and Pacheco is actually only 12K for a captain, which is super interesting. So mm-hmm. from the obvious captain options, MVP options, um, who stands out to you here? Uh, uh, you know, obviously salary is a huge consideration. We're not just going to slam dunk Christian McCaffrey. I think it's safe to say that he he's kind of a slam dunk nonetheless, mm-hmm. especially against Kansas City's defense, which yeah. on paper – looks like it is much weaker against the run. I think Christian McCaffrey in a traditional running back role, running at five yards a carry, pretty much, as I said, pretty much makes this a win for San Francisco. And one thing that I do on Discord as we get up to game time, because obviously injuries, not so much in the Super Bowl, but late late injury news can sometimes impact our projections. I post a one final chart that kind of shows the trend line of whether it's sort of 
as you pay up in salary, should we expect more points per dollar at the captain position or should we expect less? And one really interesting aspect about this slate in particular that we haven't really had in a while is that it's pretty much flat. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It it kind of leans me towards paying up a little bit, but yeah. not necessarily for McCaffrey. If McCaffrey scores 30 points, he's the optimal captain, obviously. Mm-hmm. But even Pacheco, Rishi Rice, players who we know could get a huge amount of their team's opportunity value are really interesting to me. And, and I will say, Pacheco out-touching Christian McCaffrey straight up is a possibility here. And if you're getting that much of a, uh, of a discount, I think I'll take it from a game theory perspective, even if on paper McCaffrey is the better play. Yeah, we we currently don't have um, anyone projected for over fifteen percent ownership showdown on DK. If let's let's say you do pay all the way up for McCaffrey, what is a a ownership number that if you open up your tournament and he is um, above that, would you be disappointed in seeing? At captain, yeah, yeah, you're going to get into tournaments where especially the single entries mm-hmm. where it gets wildly different. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw 30% ownership in some single entry yeah. spots, because again, like I talked about paying up for opportunity value is simply a safe DFS strategy that yeah. we want when we we're going to, we can be contrarian elsewhere, even on a one game slate. I, I do think that, I was surprised to see as we ran these ownership projections that there's it's so flat, but I do understand it again because just the sheer number of possible captains when you look at the range of outcomes. But again, every time I start talking about a different range of outcomes, I just think yeah. back to like CMC could just be the hammer in this game, sure. scoring 30 points, uh, just running the ball straight up the gut. Yeah, and some smaller field stuff because like he he probably is the dude that gets uh, outweighed ownership. But would you say um, you might be a little less inclined to to be super heavy on him compared to larger field stuff where he might only be in that fifteen percent range? I'm actually gonna say no. I'm really? gonna say that if I have a single entry lineup that I really like the looks of that has CMC at captain, mm-hmm. I would not be afraid. I would just fire away. Uh, sure, I, I I think that it makes sense as the ownership starts to go up that the easiest way to be contrarian is to simply not play that player Mm. but the the upside the upside really is there actually i just ran floor and ceiling projections as we started and Mm. very few outcomes had mccaffrey at 30 points which might change my tune as we get closer to the game in fact the quarterbacks had slightly higher ceilings but narrative street tells me that you know maybe there's something that the sims don't know yeah, what 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 number are you looking for from McCaffrey if you captain? We we need we probably need to be above twenty five, right? Twenty five yeah, points. Yeah, and his ceiling score hit right around twenty eight. I'd rather him sit around that twenty nine thirty number. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would that would make me feel really good about yeah. choosing him, and we know he can get there. You know, I, I think the sh- the short answer is we have three players in. McCaffrey, Pacheco, and I'm going to say actually Mahomes, who if everything breaks right, 35 points is still on the table, even if sure. we haven't seen it in a few weeks or months. Yeah, definitely. Um, as you as you mentioned a little bit earlier, like all of the, the main guys um, are 
uh, captain options, you know, especially in large field stuff. Like th these dudes all just get a lot of usage. Um, but you highlighted three players that you like as uh, captain options, uh, specifically both tight ends and Debo Samuel. Talk about why you like uh, flex or not flexing, um, playing tight ends in the captain on this slate. It has to do with the fact that both teams are excellent against wide receivers. Their overall secondary grades are strong. And then if you look up, look at their positional uh, defensive metrics, it just simply looks like their wide receiver defense has been stronger all season. It's been the biggest area of improvement for the Kansas City defense by far. And that's why it's leaning me towards George Kittle if I'm thinking of one of these San Francisco passing uh, attack options and honestly I don't think George Kittle gets enough credit for how good of a season he had second among tight ends in average depth of target but third in yards after the catch meaning that you know not only is he not only is he getting the ball further downfield he's turning that into more expected yards after third in fantasy points per route run number one in yards per route run yeah, he's not going to get the ball as much as a player who is the clear number one option on his team, but he gets the ball in such advantageous positions, and is such a good overall player that, uh, again, if you told me he was the X factor here, not a surprise at all. Yeah, uh, do you think there's any chance that he gets some steam at captain? I mean, his his captain's salary on DK is only 9600 compared to 15340 Kelsey. Do you have any worry that people just click on that super cheap captain number and you know try to get all the other studs in their lineup? Um not so much just because there's so many other strong options here. Honestly, when you look at a per dollar standpoint, you know, the the best value in this tier looks like Pacheco or Rice. It's a little bit more in salary. I would say of the sub 10 10k captains yeah he probably looks like by far the best <laughs> but we have six post 10k who look like fantastic options as well that are yeah. gonna obviously uh, be very popular as well i mean we have a ceiling projection for kelsey of 26 a ceiling projection for george kittle of 25.4 and you're getting almost a 6k discount on captain uh if you play kittle so i mean that that seems like uh something that uh we should definitely be paying attention to especially if he is going to come in around what around 10 percent sub 10 percent captain ownership mm -hmm. um that's 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 a pretty crazy discrepancy in salary for players that are projecting uh so close together uh the other player that we kind of talked about a little bit with his tough wide receiver matchup um is debo samuel what what does he do to get there as a captain well he could end up exploiting kansas city's porous run defense which mm -hmm. is always a plus when you're adding those guaranteed touches He's also been hyper efficient when he's been in the game over the course of the playoffs. Obviously, he missed a large part of that divisional round matchup. Uh, I believe he caught eight of nine targets last week, 100% route participation rate. I think, I think he's doing okay in terms of that injury. And again, his specific ways that he tends to exploit defenses, especially with his gadget usage, lines up so well with what Kansas City tends to struggle with the most on defense that I want to highlight him over Brandon Ayuk. Mm -hmm. I do think that Ayuk do, does look like the better maybe end zone target if you're just thinking of like who's going to get just straight up goal line catches. But I think the, the creativity of Kyle Shanahan is what mm -hmm. ultimately uh, helps Samuel get over the top. As I said, I think he's going to have 10 manufactured touches in this game, whereas you can't say that for Ayuk.
Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of people are going to look at at Debo and CMC and, and say, you know, if he does get those manufacturer touches, uh, maybe that kind of cannibalizes CMC because they're rushing. I actually think Debo and CMC could get there together in this game. I think they could combine for that yeah. much usage, just those two, because of this matchup. Um, before we get into the actual build strategies and the narratives we want to be building around, um, if if you're playing any of these pass catchers as your captain, is there any scenario where you're not rostering your uh, their quarterback as a flex? I think it's okay in San Francisco's case, Mm -hmm. especially because we know that if the offense gets close to the goal line, they're not going to have a problem just going McCaffrey three straight plays from first and five at the, you know, at the five. And they'll do that multiple times, especially with the idea of, hey, if we don't get it on first or second down, that clock keeps bleeding longer time with Mahomes off the field. And uh, to me, Purdy doesn't have to get there for two or maybe even three of his top options. I do think if I'm playing Kelsey or Rice, I'm stacking with Mahomes. Sure. Um, before we get into uh, the uh, those narratives, the, the game flow scenarios, um, any of the uh, kicker or defenses stand out to you as, as players that we want on our rosters? They are... Uh, in the subpar category, but playable. Sure. Both the kickers and the defenses. I don't see either of these quarterbacks having a super mistake-filled day. I, right. I do see lack of execution being the reason they lose. That that seems like a, a very reasonable outcome for either of these quarterbacks. But in terms of median uh, price, in terms of projection per dollar and medium just overall projection, the Chiefs defense is literally right smack in the middle of the slate. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers defense is slightly below average with the kickers just uh, slightly ahead of the average projection. I would say they're floor boosters more than anything else. I yeah. don't think there's a huge ceiling there. Kickers price pretty much the same. Uh, Chiefs defense is $1,000 cheaper than the Niners on DK. So uh, that, that'll factor into the decision a little bit too. Speaking of the kickers, um, if they are usable, it's probably going to be in a spot where, where the offenses go off. Um, what is a, uh, a way to maximize a build if just the main characters on both teams ball? Uh, if this is a high scoring contest, how do you like building around that type of scenario? I do think that um, Mahomes and Rice or Mahomes Kelsey stack with one of those auxiliary options is the mm-hmm. first place I'm going there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, again, this is kind of what I go in, into after all of this data analysis over the course of every single article. Then I start to go down narrative street and I say, okay, what are the, the different ways this game ends up playing? And we know that with so much star power here, we could do, we, we could have. Mahomes and Kelsey, Mahomes and Rice, Mahomes and both of them, or we flip the build and say that Pacheco ends up with that 25-30 opportunity game. We then pair him with someone like Harrison Butker to boost our floor, and then add two of those auxiliary options, those myriad auxiliary options. If you're looking at our projections, you might go with Justin Watson or Nicole Hardman. If you're looking at points per dollar, you might go with a player like Richie James. Again, what I'm trying to do is maximize the number of San Francisco core players I can get in a lineup and then just saying saying goodnight and playing as many playing Chiefs on the other side because yeah. it's just so low probability. I'm actually trying to avoid the Jennings, the Mitchells, the Yuschicks, sure. and the McLeods unless I'm in those super, super large field uh, tournaments yeah. we've been talking about. 
what would you say that in if we're building around a shootout scenario that that's probably the um the toughest build to leave a big chunk of salary on the table to try to be unique so tough so tough and you know that's probably where i end up going to the players who look quote unquote less valuable Mm -hmm. on a point per dollar basis sure where i know that their ceiling is still 30 points Debo Samuel, Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk, and yes, Travis Kelsey. I I knew it was weird as I put less obvious captain plays and put (laughs) Travis Kelsey in there, but that's really what the the overall projections say. For sure. Again, but we know what the production has been like. Uh, I mean that salary is no joke though. Fifteen three captain, you know that's going to be tough when you got when you got uh, you know Mahomes six hundred dollars more uh, or or the other quarterback fifteen uh, uh, three hundred dollars less. So um, yeah, he he's sandwiched between the quarterbacks, which people like playing in the captain. So um, that might that that might keep him uh, pretty pretty low into the captain spot. Um, we talked a lot about how uh, both these quarterbacks have pretty tough matchups, um, and if that plays out could be a really low scoring contest and this is probably a scenario where we could figure out a way to leave a big chunk of salary on the table and get unique Mm -hmm. but specifically um what what are the players or the uh the way we want to stack this game if it is a low scoring one yeah then it suddenly becomes very easy like you said to leave salary because we're probably only playing one of McCaffrey and Pacheco Mm -hmm. and I might be so bold to say I'm okay playing none of Mahomes and Purdy. Now, I'm probably playing one, but I'm okay playing none in in scenarios where they just simply they just simply don't get it done. That leaves me still tons of those tier 1B core players that mm-hmm. we've been talking about, the Debo Samuels, the Brandon Ayukes and, you know, George Kittle who could all who could all have huge games. San Francisco was seventh best in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. Kansas City was a little bit more towards league average at 14th. Both both teams have completely shut down star quarterbacks to make them truly unnecessary for DFS purposes. We just saw Kansas City do it with Lamar Jackson. It's certainly possible they can do it with Brock Purdy. And this San Francisco defense has often made quarterbacks look silly. are they more vulnerable than I think some people realize? Yes, but again, in this scenario, suddenly I'm I'm playing a running back. I'm probably playing the kicker. I'm probably playing a defense. And again, I'm still able to get to a bunch of those players in the core options before I have to throw those throw those darts with the Kansas City uh, six, as I call them: Watson, Hardman, Clyde edwards helaire Gray, MVS, and Richie James. Yeah, I mean, we um, we just saw the Chiefs in a 17 to 10 game in the championship. Is, do you think the floor, the total scoring floor, is lower than that for this game? Could you see like a like a, a 13 to 10 game playout? I I do think that is pretty low probability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think do 17 think that, 10 is probably like the floor floor. These are still really good offensive play callers yeah. and really strong quarterbacks that probably just probably execute enough. You know, the Kansas City offense has been bad, but we're still talking about 1.6 offensive touchdowns per game. That's league average. That's not, uh, you know, the sky is falling. It's just not Mahomesian, as I said in the article. Um, the the last uh, way you like to build, and obviously these aren't the only three ways, but these are the three ways that you really like to build. Um, and I think this is the most interesting one because I think a lot of people are really going to have a hard time uh, wrapping their head around this. And it's just one of the teams like completely falling apart and collapsing. Uh, what side do you think is more likely to do that? And how would you build around that scenario? 
I think with just the level of playoff and Super Bowl experience of the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, you have to say that the more likely quarterback to have that kind of execution breakdown would be Brock Purdy. Yeah. Um, you know, again, going down narrative street with Kyle Shanahan, but we kind of saw it with Matt Ryan in his MVP season when Shanahan was the coordinator of the NFC champion Falcons. Matt Ryan clearly got in his head in the second half of that game. Uh, and the play calling also didn't do that team a whole lot of favors. We could obviously see this team, this coach, which is in a very different scenario, learn from those mistakes mm -hmm. and out execute uh, their past. At the same time, I do think both defenses could end up making one of these teams just kind of just look silly in terms of yeah. what they planned on doing. Um, again, going to go uh, just having fun with Super Bowl Narrative Street. I remember Sean McVay and his loss to that uh, Patriots team, I believe, five years ago, mm -hmm. said that he overthought his Super Bowl game plan. He took too long, and his offensive game plan overcomplicated things. Yeah. That's a possibility here, sure. and they get away from the easy plan, which I, yeah. th I think is running just straight up the gut with Christian yeah. McCaffrey. Um, and, and that leads to just less scoring, less overall plays, and just less overall fantasy production. I still don't think the defenses suddenly become an optimal captain play if we're right. just looking at just a you know what happens on a per dollar standpoint of the values here. But I do think it leaves the door open for multiple of these, just so many auxiliary options to yeah. suddenly float towards the top. If we're looking at the four for four projections, the top five would be Noah Gray, Kyle Yuschik, Justin Watson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Richie James. Is there any way you play both defenses in the same lineup? Uh, am I playing with 500,000 other people? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll throw two defenses yeah, in I mean, the lineup and yeah. one of 150, sure. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look, look pretty gross, but I mean, right? Like, if you're, if, yeah, if you're throwing 150 out there, why not? Um, before we get out of here, any general thoughts on uh, – did anything stand out to you in the ownership, or, or is there anything specific that you'd be paying attention to in ownership? If we, are, we already talked about CMC, but if we're playing something uh, like the Millie versus a smaller single-entry contest? I do want to say that just a reminder that even in these one game slates, that the minute you start to get to two and three player combos, you're starting to eliminate a significant amount of the field. Yeah. Yes. Christian McCaffrey is going to be in every other lineup. If mm -hmm. you look over the, the entire, all slates, but once you start combining him with some one or two player combos that are unorthodox, you suddenly differentiated yourself enough. Yeah, you're going to have to go off the board when you're playing 500,000 people, but don't think that you have to be completely contrarian at every position yeah. in order to uh, in order to win, even in the Super Bowl slate. Um, with a player like McCaffrey, who you know is going to be so popular, I often, I often in these one-game slates will lean in or lean all the way out and sometimes do that based on different tournaments. So I'll have you know one set of 150 where I'll go all the way up uh, way ahead of the pack and then I'll be way off of it the other way in another tournament. I do think that at the end of the day here, you're going to see wild discrepancies. Don't yeah. be surprised if you see McCaffrey well over 50% captain in your small field. Don't be surprised if you get into a random, you know, a hundred, a hundred field tournament. And there's like Mahomes way up there for some reason, you're just going to see weird variants because it's so many people playing. 
If you uh, if you're maxing the milli, how many lineups we have with zero CMC? If I'm maxing the milli, zero CMC, ninety. Okay, okay, I like it. Um, all right, that's so uh, bold. I don't know yeah. if I'd actually do that, but it. Yeah. I could see a scenario where that happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's fire. I mean, 471,000 people. Um, as I mentioned, I don't play a lot of showdown, but there's no action until August. So I'm probably just going to empty the DraftKings clip on this slate. And uh, hopefully uh, you guys will hear from me after Sunday. Uh, but that does it for the season. Matt, thank you for everything. Thank you for the showdown analysis to the listeners, to the subscribers. Uh, we appreciate it so much. Can't wait to be back with you guys next season. Uh, hope you guys have a profitable Super Bowl. Hope you guys have a safe Super Bowl. Um, as I've mentioned i mean best ball's already starting uh so we're, we're probably not going to be away for too long uh as always you know if, if you uh want to give back to the show easiest thing you could do is uh is follow us uh uh rate and review on your favorite uh, podcast platform uh like the video here make sure you subscribe to the channel and check us out on the twitters slash x matt's at draftaholic four for four is at four for four football i'm at tj hernandez we'll see you guys next season